Now is your time to flex. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and I'm here today with Deacon Rue, bro. What's going on, doggy? Rue, Rue, dog. Rue, Rue. Rude to the Q's, 25 today, 25 today. Oh, well, happy Q-versity, Q-versary, team. I didn't know the bros was 25 today. Did you set out a march for the bros? Uh, we, yeah, we, 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 set out, we set out a virtual march for the bros. <laughs> <laughs> the 25-year-old knees can't handle it, huh? You're right, nah, it's the Achilles, it's the Achilles. The Achilles, easy, moving right along, man. Jay Dace, what's happening? T.I., what's going on? Hey, what's going on with you, baby, man? We out here living life. Living life, another day, another dollar, huh? Another day, another dollar, man. That's all you can do. Easy, easy. Mr. Logistics is back again. DJ, what's going on, brother? Everything's good, man. Let's be here. Let's get this thing cracking. Let's get it cracking. Mr. Positivity, you know I'm going your way next. What's going on, baby? Here's our chance to make it if we focus on our goals. If you dish it, you can take it. Remember, you've been told it's a different world. Hello, everybody. Glad you're here. Glad your ears are uh, focused on us. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much, and let's get this thing going. Let's get it. <laughs> let's get it, man. DJ Barry B. Fresh L. Fresh Dente. What's happening, my brother? Fish don't fry in the kitchen, <laughs> beef don't burn on the grill. We done came a long old way just to get up that hill. We moving on up, baby. Let's go ahead and get this thing going. Be fresh in the building. Y'all know what time it is. I'm ready. I'm fired up. Let's get it. In other words, he's saying he's prepared. So, the prolific one, Coach K. What's happening, bro? Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. It takes different strokes to make the move to make the world move. I'm good, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> My dog said he wasn't going for it this week, man. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Bars. I'm glad you was ready. You was ready to catch the mic that time. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I was ready. I was ready. Unfortunately, uh, we lost T.I. He has no idea what just happened in the last yeah, three sequences. Come on, man. I, I, I'm going to side with my dog this time, man. I'm pretty sure he knows all three of those shows, man. Yeah. We're going to age check him real quick. This seems to be a regular portion of the show. So we're going to call this the, the age check segment. So, T.I., go ahead and run down all three of those shows for him real quick, man. Show him you ain't playing. Okay, we got Different World. You know, we got uh, the Jeffersons. And then we got, uh, uh, dang, I just, I just, uh, Different Strokes. Wow. Dang, dang. Survey okay. says? Hey, that was impressive. Hey, I'm going to hit y'all. This man can't name me three Eddie Murphy movies, buddy. <laughs> wait, all them wait hold on, hold on, hold on. He said he going to hit us with one. Standing in the child line, good times. What y'all got? What, what y'all got? Ace. Well, send the rest of the verse. I'm just that was, the, that was the worst rendition of good times. <laughs> right, yeah, that was terrible. Are we going to edit that out? We're going to edit that out. No. Wow. Not only did he no, just like I, give you two seconds stay. of the intro, was, he said the name in the intro. I mean, I was, like, I was I feeling mean, myself because I, I was able to run down a three, so I thought I was, thought I thought it out there. He was excited. He was excited. Well, welcome wow. everybody. Welcome everybody to the 13th floor, man. We got another amazing show lined up for you today. 
we're gonna be dedicating this show to the fathers, man. So we got Father's Day coming up in a few days. So we wanna definitely shout out all the dads, the fathers, the stepdads, the father figures, and everything in between, man. Happy Father's Day to those out there today. Um, before we jump all the way in to congratulating the fathers and recognizing the, uh, what we got, one, two, three, four, five, six amazing fathers on the podcast today sorry jay you'll get there one day don't worry about it don't rush neither don't rush <laughs> but um <laughs> before we get Real talk. before we get to that man dj bear be fresh he was out on the turntables this weekend on his birthday weekend um also uh but he was at the what is bikes on the beach down at uh, north beach in yes, sunny sir. miami florida golly i miss that place bro north beach band show you need to come on back. We miss you too, brother. Man, we I'm trying to too. make it. I'm it trying good. to make it. I just got to do some some heavy convincing and considering, uh, you know, my lady Chris to, to get her to go ahead and say to make that move. But anyway, how was the bikes on the beach, man? What was going on? Uh, it was really a, a great event. Uh, it's been raining in South Florida, just like in Southern California. They say it don't rain. Well, in South Florida, it does rain. Uh, and it was raining uh, very often this weekend. However, it still turned out to be quite a, a good event, uh, a nice turnout as far as people. Uh, I enjoyed myself, got to um, you know play a, a very diverse mix of music, and really uh, you know enjoyed the opportunity to go out there, touch the people, give them some of this freshness, and uh, be out there for two days just getting it in. I bet you did enjoy yourself, sir. So for all of those who might be like first time listeners or weren't or may have not listened to the last podcast, I was giving uh, DJ Barry B. Fresh a hard time last week, man, because we all know that DJs be up there spinning records and having a great time. But it, it, it doesn't it can't be as stressful as you make it seem. But I was just giving him a hard time, man. But he's supposed to go ahead and come at me and dispel this myth that the DJs are just up there, you know, drinking the mixed drinks and enjoying the scenery the scenery spinning as they're spinning tunes while they spinning those tunes spinning so those tunes baby give us give That's us a little bit more insight man tunes. give us a little bit more insight of what goes into playing these sets and doing the dj thing bro you know any good listener who has been uh in tune with the podcast will recall me uh talking about you know preparation by way of possible you know viral videos and, and really what goes into a lot of the things that people might assume are just very natural and easy uh or or a viral activity or or video and so the, the same thing is applicable with djing where there's a lot of preparation playlist preparation uh, trying to um anticipate and understand what the crowd might might look like or might want to hear but then also wanting to be able to uh put your own footprint or stamp on the event to be able to stand out and make it something that is yours and that it's not uh well really that it's memorable i, I always set out to make sure that whatever set i go and play that it's something that they'll be able to whenever they see me or talk to me or you know hear my name that they're going to be like oh man that that, that guy's crazy he was you know it was an amazing time listening to him or, or you know being at an event with him so yeah it's 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 not just sitting up there drinking drinks uh looking at uh you know the crowd and females that may be on stage and just you know sitting back there is a lot of preparation there's a lot of stress and fatigue 
uh, that goes into being at an event, standing up for four, five, six, seven, eight hours, sweating your, uh, you know, like crazy. Uh, sometimes not getting water or hydrated, you know, alcoholic beverages are not as hydrating as just water is. So, you know, there's a lot of complications that can go into, you know, the dynamic of being able to put on a strong set or performance for the people. Yeah. And it's, it's, so as he said, it's preparation. And when he says preparation, it's not just starting to prepare when you find out you have a gig, but you're constantly practicing your craft and you're always playing and trying to figure out uh, new things to do with the music, how you can juggle beats, how you can do this, how you can do that. Otherwise, you just become DJ Press and Play, which I think there's a DJ out there named that. Shame on you for being named Press and Play, but we'll leave you alone. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, there's just a responsibility of always having to organize your music, having to download new music. You always have to stay in tune with what's hot um, and you got to be one step ahead because it's that pulse. somebody's going to understand. Yep. It, it's filling that pulse. There's a there's um, a very hard uh, decision of being able to understand you know what is something that is 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 cool to you versus something that really is resonating with the people at that moment and being able to even decipher between the lines of something that is you know uh you know corny and irrelevant versus something that's like hey it, it's relevant and cool and being able to you know put those things together it's no different than you know creating a masterpiece you can't just use any paint. You can't just, you know, lay down any brushstroke. There are different styles and different ways to accomplish things, but the the mastery and the craft that it takes to make sure that everything comes together in that perfect just harmony is is not simple right. by any means. And then a, a true DJ, when you are done, you're exhausted because you actually have to plug into the emotional meter of the audience of the crowd. And you have to build in highs and lows into that because you just can't be you just can't keep the energy level high as it can be the whole time, because then eventually your your crowd is going to disappear because they're going to want to go, you know, get some beverages, get refreshed, whatever it is. So you take them through different highs and lows. And that's what makes a good DJ is somebody that can connect, uh, plug in essentially to 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 the uh the energy and the vibe of the crowd so it's it's a lot more taxing than people think it is yeah man i think that's fair man especially the preparation part of it man i hate it when i was in college man and we would get the djs for the parties that we were throwing and i gotta send them you know songs or a list of songs like make sure you got this make sure you got that and that happened that became a routine for me because we had one specific dj that we use all the time because he was affordable and he brought a certain crowd with him but we let him do one party and it was like dog you didn't play this song you didn't play this song like i need you to tighten up he was bringing us the money but after that it's like i had to do all of the work and make sure that he had these things so it's like you know that preparation is, is definitely important um so i want to ask you how much of your djing is like organic when you on the stage or on the set versus you know you having like i'm gonna mix it or i'm gonna play this set mix to you know get the crowd going like how much of it do you like kind of go on the fly versus have 100 
100% of my set is is organic 100% of my set is based off the feeling and the vibe of what's going on I can sit mentally and try to you know kind of uh, playlist I create playlists that can take me you know in different directions as I feel that energy but as far as you know a direct hey I'm gonna play this song and this song and this song and this song like have like you know 20 songs already lined up that doesn't happen because I never know what that energy is going to be. I'm always constantly surprised with um, what people request or what people are vibing with, especially in an open format like this weekend was that I was able to just, you know, play things from trap music to country music and be able to see, oh, wow, I'm playing this, you know, um, off kilter soul song that I didn't think a lot of people really knew. But I see some heads nodding. Okay, let me play a, a couple more soul songs. Or maybe it's, you know, let me play a couple more of these rock and roll songs. And I didn't realize that this group of, you know, dudes that I, I assume were thugs were, you know, rocking out. And so it's being able to see, feel, and, and really base it organically off of what's going on. And I think that's what the good DJs do. And that's why I think a lot of DJs fail. <clears throat> Especially, um you know going out now you get a lot of these djs who would seem just like carol said it's like an ipod playlist where you know they're not even mixing songs in and out it's just pretty much fading from one song to the next where hey i can do the same thing with my ipod i want to i want to feel energy i want to be taken on a journey i pride myself on you know having people listen to my mixes or be in the room while i'm you know at a performance and feel like damn i went on a journey that I, I, I didn't expect to hear, you know, 50% of what you played. You just totally took me on a journey. Yeah, man, and I think that's a that's a big thing with DJ Barry B. Fresh, man, how eclectic he is. If you go to his SoundCloud, man, DJ Barry B. Fresh, and check out some of the mixes, man, like, it really does take you on a journey. It is really a, a wave ride. I mean, I remember mi listening to uh, a mix, and I think it was, it was before... Drake's uh, most recent CD came out, uh, More Life. But there's a song on there that you got, I think it's from um, Passion Fruit. You got that beat mixed into that, uh, into your, your mix or whatever. And I'm like, dang, man, when I heard Drake's song, like, I heard this before and I couldn't think of it. And I ended up listening to one of your mixes and it comes right in. But even that song is just an eclectic vibe or whatever. And like, he does a, a, an amazing job with, with bringing in the different genres of music and making them mesh very well together. So I definitely want to invite all the listeners out here. Check out DJ Barry B. Fresh on his Facebook page. Hit him up on the SoundCloud, man. Get some of the mixes in and then get him for some bookings, man. Like the Bikes on the Beach was a phenomenal event. We got nothing but great feedback from it. So we're trying to get my dog out there, get him on the turntable so he can turn up for your event. Yes, please, please, please make sure uh, you can hit me up at BarryBFresh at Gmail. Also, any social media, BarryBFresh. I am out there and willing and able to come and make your event super fresh. And that's that's B-A-R-R-Y, the letter B, fresh. Fresh! Yeah, man, it was truly evident this weekend, man. You had it on point. We need to get you out there more, man. The people want me. I uh, just want to make a point uh, about what you said, Brett, um, back about your DJ on campus and how you had to give him songs. I don't remember, I'm trying to think back to when we were in school, if we had to do that, but we had some 
some fire DJs back then. I mean, Sage, they played the same track. We had Sage and Rufus. Yeah, yeah Aldrich. Rufus. Special yeah, K. Rufus and Aldrich. And I mean, they had a bunch of. So it's weird to hear. I just was surprised to hear you say you had to give well, a track. I'm not going to put him out there because, the you know, I think he's. He, I don't even. I think he no, might have no, been no tired. Name. I'm not going to no put name. him out there. But he was. He brought the crowd, man. So it was like you could count on another 100 to 150 people to come in. So it was like, all right. I can weigh the cost benefit analysis on this thing and it's definitely worth <laughs> me going ahead and giving him these, you know, 20, 30 songs that I need to make sure he hits. Plus, you know, back then y'all had, you know, DJ Coach K on the turntables. I don't know what he was going on going by back then, but uh, Coach K was definitely not on the turntable. <laughs> we were <laughs> I thought you was DJing too, girl. What happened? Not 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 at our parties. No, that was after. No, sir. I was I was, that was I was managing almost. I was managing the talent. That, that rhythm. <laughs> yes, that he was, and, and on the floor occasionally <laughs> getting it down. <laughs> a couple, you might hear a train song drop down, and he he do his two step, and then he back back off. That rhythm style. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And watch. So, yes, yes, yes. But uh, uh, please, please continue on the journey of the DJ master, Barry B. Fresh. Hey man, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of don't like how you you kind of doubted my skills uh, there for a second there. But you like, oh, what, what? No way, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. He, I, I'm going off of factual information that while we were in school, you were not <laughs> on the in DJ booth in the Rascaler. I tell you, ironically, uh, ironically, I just saw in my um, time lapse the pictures of both of you guys at the baseball game you and carol art and then it brought up carol's djing i don't know what event it was or what you had put in the room that was it was somebody else's dj equipment that they had no idea what they were doing yes yep yeah. and carol and i went to went to there it was in a random room and the music was in one room and then the party was in the other room and we were just like we're bored so let's go over there and yeah, y'all just, just hopped on it. these random turntables and just started spinning. Correct. Yes, yes. Officially, it, was, it wasn't play. turntables. It was a control. It was a control. Yes. Control. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so I don't know what that means, man. Um. <laughs> turntables are actual records. You know, the record players, whereas a controller is that big piece of machinery. That oh, has where it's like, like the, the fake record thing? Ah, okay. Exactly. Ha okay. However, my, my DJ set, when I did have it, was DJ Techniques 12, I'm sorry, uh, Technique Pioneer. Never mind. 1200s. Yeah. Yeah, the 1200s with, with the Serato 57. But anyway, proceed. Proceed, man. Yeah, we're going to carrying crates. He was carrying crates. That's what he's trying <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that, that's what that means. <laughs> there we go. Nah, he still had Serato. He he still had that easy in his Serato. He was on Serato. He just was on records. Correct. Easy, easy. So switching directions a lot of it. Uh, we want to get into man. You know this Father's Day gig, man. I got like like I said, six amazing fathers on here, man. And you know when the topic came up. You know, we talked about the, the, I don't know if it's necessarily struggles that, you know, us as like black fathers may go through some of the myths that are out there about us. But I think we, us on the podcast, we do a great job of dispelling those myths as far as society is concerned. But, um, you know, we definitely want to talk a little bit about that. Um, just because I think it, we do a great job, not only with our kids, but with the kids that we impact on the outer level. So like I, I was at one point really influential 
and you know mentoring programs i know mike d had his um with the panache five carol has had and y'all two actually work together on one so you know just those father figure types you know that's that's really important and we definitely want to talk a little bit about that as well as how it was you know with us growing up and how the father figures made and kind of molded us so you know i'm gonna throw it to carol first as always to go ahead and jump in on you know trying to you know talk a little bit about the, the, the role of a father and, you know, dispelling some of those myths that we are commonly, you know, spread about. Well, for one, I want to start out by saying I, I think there are there are myths out there about fathers in general. Um, however, um, us being black males, there's a whole nother level of myths out there about us being missing and not being present. Um, and as you just heard, six out of the seven males on this podcast episode we're all fathers that are present uh, in the lives of our children we see them every day and night Um, and that's you you can't just say that we're an anomaly because we didn't plan this by saying okay only if you're a father can you be uh, part of this group Uh, it just so happens that that's what it is and majority of our friends are the same way they are all fathers that are active in the lives of their children so you know i i think it's a myth and a lot of times the the challenges of our community are blamed on the absentee father uh, are blamed on the broken family and i i just think that unfortunately we just don't get the coverage um that we deserve even people like star athletes that are out there like LeBron James and Steph Curry. You don't hear them talking about these guys and what great fathers they are. You don't hear them talking about Jay-Z and what a great father he is to blue. Um, so, you know, you almost have to wonder if it's calculated by the media and, and, and by the press that we just don't get that type of coverage. Yeah, man, I think that's a very, very important point, man. Um, you know, not to say that it's all myth because you know, there are some of us who don't take care of our responsibilities. That's just called a spade a spade. However, we don't get highlighted. You know, the ones who do, you don't get highlighted enough. You know, the systems that or the hoops that some of the fathers who want to take care of their children, but just don't end up, you know, stand together with the mother, um, the, the hoops and the systems that you have to deal with. It, it, it's just it, it's crazy. But it's all, <clears throat> as you said, I think it's, it's some type of ploy. Uh, to a certain degree, um, when, when you talk about what is highlighted, because there's a lot of, of good fathers out there. There's a lot of people who pour into their kids on a regular basis that just don't get highlighted. And not to say any of them, like you, you did well by highlighting some of the, the entertainers, but just your regular, you know, everyday average male that, you know, is picking his kid up from daycare or school every day, that is putting his child on the bus, that is teaching his son those hard lessons i mean we definitely want to highlight them and give them this opportunity man because or give them this platform because i don't think that it is done enough uh on a, on a regular basis agreed agreed i often think that it's to a point where it's such a disparity between the two that those that do it don't talk about it and you have to hear from the wives but kind of between the husbands and the wives and the families it doesn't hit the social media and it's not sexy. I mean, for a family to be taking care of each other, there's no news there. 
They want to talk about the broken home, the guy that's beating his wife, the athlete that's stepping out, going off, cheating on his wife. I mean, the majority of males, if desired, would want to spend time with their children, even if they're not with the woman. They still want to be role models for their kids, be it daughters or sons. Um, and it's sad that people don't see it that way. You also got to take in consideration, and one of the things I talked a lot with um, educators, because one of the one of the biggest places you see you start hearing these myths is in the school where that the child's father is not involved. We don't ever see him. We don't hear from him. Well you have to take a step back and take a glimpse and measure what is your measure of involvement um because your measure of involvement from the outside does not you don't see everything that happens once that kid is not inside in your sight anymore involvement for some dads may be because i mean like you said call a spade a spade because um mom and dad aren't together and mom um and dad may may still interact but it's just for the sake of the kid dad's interaction may be like you said dropping off picking them up from school or spending time with them on weekend but you won't see them at the school functions because why not mom won't let them be there um a lot of times it happens in the schools where um you see a lot of minorities at more often than not but at the same time is is what is what does involvement mean and how you're defining it and you have to take a quick look at the community that you're serving before you can say that people aren't involved. It goes the same way with mothers as well. When people are working two or three jobs to keep the house together or keep food on the table, um, that level of involvement, that def definition of involvement means different things for different people. So because I'm able to take off at a certain time and go to a school event doesn't mean that every single other father there is gonna be able to do the same thing. Um, so we have to check ourselves when we come up with these definitions and, and apply it across the board because it's not the same thing in the same measurement everywhere we go. I think you get the example too that, you know, when um, we look back at our, our dads or our stepdads or whoever the person that raised us, um, we look back and say what we wanted to be. So us six individuals had the opportunity um, to look around and see what um, what was there. We want to make sure our kids or our kid went through or is going through or having the opportunity to see. I know personally, um, I told myself that I would make sure that I was there. Um, I was an active participant in my son from, from birth up until, you know, I'm no longer here. That didn't just mean a paycheck or it just mean, uh, you know, going out to play sports, but, you know, growth, development, education, um, the doctor's office, like all those small things um, that factor in, and uh, sometimes people just forget about that. That's how, that's how we, or that's how I made sure that I, um, you know, was active and stay active. Right, but I think Carol was making the um was going to make a point earlier uh, about that that level of activity, or what about for that person who just doesn't necessarily have that, who grows up without that you know strong father figure in, in the in the household and i think carol i think you mentioned how that is kind of alluded to as a a larger factor in what breaks down the household and what carry or what brings up young men to i guess be all kinds of problematic in their in their upbringing or in their growth and development 
yeah, there's all types of statistics out there that that say, you know, young men are more likely to go to jail if their father's not present in their life or young men are more likely to drop out of school. There, there's many statistics that I could give you. But, you know, I, look, I'm a I'm a product of a single parent home. Uh, yes, I did have my grandmother there as well, but there's so many statistics that I guess I'm the anomaly to, and I can't really call myself an anomaly because there are other people on this podcast right now on our team that grew up in a single parent household as well. So I, I don't really buy into that. Um, I think there are other things out there, like when you look at uh, poverty or equal opportunity to, to jobs or just society changing in general with, you know, what can you do with a single parent income versus a dual parent income? I think those are other statistics that absolutely contribute to it that we got to look more into to really understand and not just jump to the immediate um, and the most obvious thing of the missing male parent. Right, because I can speak to that. Um, You know, my mother pretty much raised me and my brother for the most part, I mean, we did have a stepfather um, for a, a period of time. And then our father, he was active. He just was not always physically present. So, you know, we would get phone calls. We would see him if he was in town. He was in the military. So when him and my mom split, um, you know, those those visitations became, you know, what we got, what we began to get used to. So we really looked up to our mother. She was able to raise us as strong boys or strong young men to the best of her ability. Um, and, you know, I was able to grow up and learn, you know, the difference between right and wrong. And I mean, I had other strong male figures, so I do feel like that is important, but it also comes to the parent who is there to do as much as she can to surround the child um, with the right opportunities and the, the right examples for them to grow and and make those good decisions that are going to help benefit them in life yeah and, and listen there there are some consequences right to that male figure not being in the home especially with what you see on tv media and what society tends to say so for me not growing up with my father um I was very concerned about becoming a father myself because I was like, okay, do I know what it is to be a good father? Um, do I have that example or am I going to fall into the same cycle and be an absent parent? Um, so that was something that I had to overcome before um, I could accept being a father and realize that just because my father wasn't there, that didn't really have any impact on what the potential of me being a good father would be exactly man i mean you know you have asher when you put when you get put in to that situation man i think it becomes a point or it becomes more about what type of person you are you know it's i mean i didn't i didn't ask you know for for kellen when he came along but i was put in that situation and you just have to step up and handle the responsibility and you know i like we had Oh, I had examples of that, but but Carol didn't necessarily have example or male examples of that. And he's the most loving father to Asher he can be. So it it just comes a point where it's something intrinsic inside of you, you know, that, that you just know what's supposed to be done or what needs to be done. And for those who may not want to 
I guess succumb to that and you know tend to look the other way when it comes to their children like it, it it's, it's sad because you know you miss out on so so many things um especially like when I look at you know my daughter and me being her stepfather and some and, and a lot of the things that her her biological father just misses out on um and it, it, it just to me it's it's crazy and this is a person who came up with two parents in the household so it just goes to prove your point where you know that even though it's important that you have that strong male figure it doesn't necessarily equate to you know what society says oh yeah he's going to be a great father or he isn't going to be a great father the decision still rests with that person to step up and handle the responsibility i've noticed where the friends that i grew up with from childhood it's been different for those that have had a boy first versus a girl first. So those that have had a girl first have gone through, I want to say a process, but it's like a way that you kind of think through, I got a girl and it's a different understanding of how they grow up. So they tend to spend more time with the girl for the reasons of understanding what it was like to grow up through adolescence as a boy, but also trying to understand that those that had the boy first have kind of take the assumption that this is my little guy, so I already know how he's going to behave. So there is that tendency to, I won't say break away, but to feel a little bit more comfortable in the relationship. So they're not as engaged from the beginning. It's almost like they wait until he's old enough to walk and talk before they start truly getting engaged. Whereas those that had the girl are dealing with her as an infant, you changing the diaper, you warming up the formula. Um, it's been interesting just to see the dynamics between the two. Right. And that, that brings me to, you know, a question I had. I actually wanted to ask this question on the last podcast, but um, while Fresh was talking about the dynamics, you know, with him and his daughter and, you know, uh, her, her biological father. And I'm in a similar situation where, you know, I have my stepdaughter and, you know, she has her father. Um, but then there, there's that dynamic that we have to kind of work through. Well, I really don't have to work through it because he's not as uh, active as a father should be. But Fresh... Um, I wanted to get your take on it to see, you know, how you kind of work through that dynamic and handle it with your daughter and the biological father being that that stepdad. Um, I, I find similar to you, he's not as active as I would assume I would be with my child. However, uh, you, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about Taylor. It's about my daughter. And it's about making sure that she's taken care of. You know, there have been plenty of times that I've, you know, questioned or tried to understand what his his thought process could be as far as not, you know, picking up uh, the slack where I felt that, you know, it was his responsibility. But overall, you know, it's always just about the child and, and always just about making sure that, you know, they understand that you love them, that you uh, are, are there for them and, and that you are continuing to, to try to make them uh, a good positive member of society. I think the proudest moments of my life so far are when I allow or uh, somebody gets to, you know, watch Taylor and the response I get of how good she is and what behave she is, you know, lets me know that I am apparently doing the right thing.
I got a, and um, I guess my my story uh, with my stepdad. So my dad was around up until about, I would say probably like eight years old, I guess, um, eight or nine. And then there was a gap between you know, that age and like 12. And then um, Mr. Tim, I call him, but my stepdad, uh, he came in around 12 and he was the figure that allowed me to you know, adjust myself, become the man I am. And he taught me a lot of things. Um, and it's, you know, I didn't, I didn't come in and most people, when they have a, a dad come in or a male figure come into your life at that age, you're defensive and you're kind of like, well, you know, you're now coming to my space cause you're, you know, about to be a teenager, you own your mindset. But I, I didn't have that, 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 uh, that thought. And I just went straight into it and saying, okay, well, let's see what he's going to show me. And, you know, of course it took a year or two to really grasp he was trying to show me, um, but his leadership and his his dedication to me even though i wasn't his son he had two other kids um but the fact that he was able to to come in and and just mentor me and show me the right ways of how a dad should look and how that should be and he has two children from two different women and you no know, they've broken up so forth but you know he didn't that didn't matter because my mom and him he told my mom that he was going to make me a man and that she had to allow him as a man to make me a man and I think that's the person that's missing that people come in as stepfathers. Sometimes they don't uh, step up; they just kind of play the back role as a as a as a, a dad or um, you know a father figure, but not really play the role. And then you have those dads, you know, that step up to the game, and then you see the results um, from them. So it really depends on the person and who the mother allows um, to take the role. So just as much as it is the the male and the father figure, moms have to allow the man to be a man and teach the boy how to be you a man said that right because there's a lot of times where um the mother is defensive and and will not allow that and that just makes it harder for that first of all for that that male figure to be that when and it doesn't have to be about discipline i know we talked about that last time but it just has to be a part of allowing that to take that head of the household role and be a role model for what that child needs now if he's stepping up to the plate now if he's not doing that then i mean I, you have the right not to to allow that to happen though and i can't speak on 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 uh on the female aspect because that would be ian and would be the expert at that but as a as a, a a young boy growing up to be a man he showed me the example so i was able to see for example how we treated my mom and that i was able to move forward now and treat my wife with those things but if you're not if the husband or the father figure is not showing the respect and showing the way that a man should treat the woman then how are you expecting that man to grow up and treat his kids because that all factors into your psychology your mindset of how you treat your youngins and you know it's so funny that you say that because the, the movie that comes to mind is baby boy and, <laughs> and ranger's character yeah. Mel, melvin um not really being a father figure to Jody, but, but in the end being a father figure to Jody, uh, by, by kind of sending him in a certain direction to help him avoid the life that he had got into. Exactly. Uh, but then not only that, he saw how he also treated his mom, and then that kind of affected how he treated, uh, I can't remember Taraji's character name, Yvette, maybe. Um, but yeah, you know, so but you bring up something that I want to go back to and that's the female involvement in that situation because at times what's difficult for us as males to navigate 
and I'm, I'm kind of getting outside of the, the father thing, but when something goes wrong, unfortunately, females will always go for the jugular. The first thing they're going to tell you is that you're not even a good father. Or they'll mention <laughs> something to you about the relationship with your kids. And boy, man, oh boy. that is, <laughs> yeah, right? that that is so that is so biting and it, it immediate like shut down push away like well if you don't even appreciate what i do you know why why, why am i even here um and unfortunately it, it's just a breakdown in communication and we don't necessarily always know how to work through that um and, and that's, that's part of being a man part of being a father you have to be able to work through that as well um, when it comes to kids because you're not always going to agree on what's best for your kids and unfortunately that that tactic comes up you know with that you're not even a good father why are you even giving input right now <laughs> yeah man I think that just comes with the territory and some uh, co-parenting like relationships like you said you're not always going to agree um, I do think that as men and just being somebody that's in that type of situation when you take those on the chin man um like fresh said earlier you you have to realize what's most important uh, and that's the child at the end of the day so no matter what someone says to you it it's really about what you feel in your heart because if you don't feel like you're the good father or the best father in the world, then yes, it's gonna it's gonna hit it's gonna hit home a little bit harder than it would just being words that you don't like or the disrespect you may feel for the words and how biting they are. They may not feel any they may not have any truth to them and, and that's what's gonna find you that comfort. But if you are that, you know, great father or whatever, you know, you kinda just gotta take them on the chin and remember that at the end of the day it's, it's about your son or your daughter or your child and what's in their best interest. And then eventually you and your co-parent or whatever should be able to come to some type of middle ground, man. But um, yeah, definitely you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind whenever you're in that type of situation. Never let that be the reason that you kind of take a back seat. Cause that's what they want. If somebody's telling you that, then that's what they want anyway. And I feel like there's nothing more gratifying than them seeing how much your child adores you when you're around because they know who their father is they know who their mother is and they love being around the both of you so if you're doing everything you're supposed to do that stuff you know it's gonna it's gonna make you mad angry whatever but it's not gonna mean anything at the end of the day that's that you, you hit the nail on the head right there that's the thing i, I said from the get-go like when when you enter this thing fatherhood is like there's n there's never a time I vowed to make it, nobody can ever say that I didn't do the best for my child. No matter what happened with everything else, that's number one. And I tell you, I'm a father before I'm anything else. Because my, what I do is a direct reflection on how they're gonna live their daily life and how I'm setting them up to live for the rest of their life. Nothing else is, is as important right this second as that, that father figure. And no matter what they say or anybody else say, I know in my heart that I've done everything I can to the best of my ability what what i wanted to go back and, and and bj that's you know that's exactly it is as a father you you have to strive to do the best you can do for your kids 
And sometimes, unfortunately, we end up in situations of separation, divorce or whatever. And we allow that to push push us away from our kids. And that's the part that we have to work through and always agree on that no matter what, um, the kids are always going to be the most important. And I think, unfortunately, in our community, some of what people talk about and, and some of the myth creation um, surrounds that. And that's the breakdown in communication between mother and father. Um, and, and that's something that I think that doesn't get enough attention. That doesn't get the uh, the thought or the energy that it deserves. So, uh, look, I, most of us here on this, we're not in that situation. But a lot of people think that as males, we don't talk to each other, but we absolutely do. And that's how we can talk on that perspective, because we know it. Uh, we've seen it happen. Uh, we've seen enough of our friends, brothers, family um, that have been through that and are going through that. And I think that's where the problem comes from. Um, and that's where how, how the myth continues to spread. So, look, hey, you know, for the brothers out there that are going through it, you know, in the effort of your child and their future, you know, try to make that situation right. It's, it's not easy. It takes a lot. But I think if you for any mother, if you make it known that your efforts are on behalf of the child first, I can't see them turning that down, at least not repeatedly. And it's a it's a twofold process because I, I know mothers who are in situations where they've just had, you know, a child by somebody with other children. And, you know, they are fighting the hurdle of how do they effectively love the other children when, you know, their bond with their personal baby is very overwhelming, especially if being their first child. Um, so it's 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 all across the board, being able to understand that you need to put the child first. Too many people um, allow the child to be the victim in everything, and that is not fair. They did not ask to be here regardless of the situation, and so the fairness lies on every all parties understanding that the, the main purpose and the main thing that we are looking to, you know, make positive is the child's life as opposed to using the child as you know bait or you know different uh you know tools to be able to get what you want it's about understanding hey our process is trying to make a better society and it starts with making a better person to put into it exactly so jonathan jonathan look over look take yourself step back think about it and just know it's for the bigger, better good. Do it for the better good. Do it for him. Do it, Jonathan. Who's Jonathan? Jonathan is a figure that could be anybody. It could be Bruce. It could be Jonathan. It could be Joe. It could be Robert. It could be <laughs> This Deshaun. is the randomness that Richard. I be talking about, man. We love but, him. We love him. We love him. <laughs> Whomever love he him. is out there, just know that Gosh. sometimes... Yeah, Gosh darn it! Way. That was right it. on time. You do it, Jonathan. That was that was right on time. Jonathan, you do it. So from us here on the 13th floor, we definitely want to send a very very happy Father's Day to all the fathers, stepfathers, father figures, whoever out there in the world that are definitely impacting the lives of these children. Don't forget the Mrs. Moms. You know the moms are out there holding it down while dads out there fighting and doing the right thing, uh, helping us survive here. 
appreciate you. Appreciate the moms who who dad passed away and they took the role of mom so, and dad. It's a big role you take there. So you know, like we gave we gave Mr. Mr. Mom during Mother's Day, you're gonna give Miss Mrs. Dad during Father's Day. We appreciate we that. Opportunity podcast. <laughs> there it is. So with that being said, man, Father's Day is coming. You know, the mothers, they make a big, big deal out of this father's, I mean, the Mother's Day thing. Um, what do y'all think? Because, I mean, Father's Day for me, if the finals were still going on, you I know, would definitely you know be, be good watching the game and a couple of years. You know how it goes, man. On Mother's Day, they expect the flowers, everybody to go out. We need to go to some fancy restaurant. For Father's Day, it's summertime. They expect you to grill, <laughs> you to do everything. Where it's like, what kind of Father's Day is this? That I'm the one sitting here doing all the work and still not, you know, getting any type of gifts. I have the, you know, double whammy of the fact that my birthday is just passed. Art has it even worse because his birthday pretty much falls like almost exactly on it. And so, you know, every six years. They spit on us like, man, yo, whatever. No one, no one's worried about Father's Day, whatever. You just had a birthday, dude. Be, be, be happy with that that you got that. Can <laughs> 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 that make that that known that every every six years I I will get a birthday gift and a Father's Day gift on the same exact day, and that's gonna be it's like being born on Christmas. <laughs> you, you, get, you get screwed. <laughs> Hey, so listen, it'll be interesting. It's uh, Faison's first Father's Day, my first Father's Day. So, actually, it's my second because he was born right before Father's Day. So I got a I got a freebie in there. Oh wow! Here. Wow, look at you. you! You got a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, it, man. It'll be t- it'll be Ti's first <laughs> Father's Day. I love him to death. Hey, at some point in time, you got to just take a stand and say, "I'm gonna tell you what I want." And that's what I want you to get. Like, don't change it. This is I what I want. Right. I I'm super it. easy, and, and hey. everyone, everybody on this call knows what I want for my birthday, or for or for Father's Day. It's very simple. Red stripe light. Just take me out. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's a vacation. Uh, just take me to a theme park I'm somewhere, and let me do my thing. Just give me, take me a theme park, Six Flags, wherever you want to go, Hershey Park. I don't care. Take me there, give me a fast pass, I'm good to go. And I'll even buy the season pass. You gotta take me there <laughs> and give me a fast pass. Hey T, I don't think we let you off the hook, bro, because you definitely didn't dispute the Carol saying Happy Father's Day. So you know you could you could have let the team know, man. You ain't have to surprise us on the podcast like Art did me a couple podcasts ago when I found out he had the second one on the way. You see how he, he, he didn't even turn his so, mic down to be like, yeah. It's, why your bike so low? <laughs> the people want to hear your voice. I'm over here trying to figure out the rest of the, the, the theme song the good time. So I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, priorities. Exactly. Man been over exactly. here Googling the, 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 the lyrics. <laughs> so uh, I ain't thinking about no babies right now, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm playing catch up. Hey, the good thing about that, I can say, and Mike can probably jump in, I'm not sure, like, over the years, the best thing, though, is that at this point in time, it's, it's not even about what my wife is going to say, it's the kids, like, you can hear them, what we going with daddy for Father's Day? What we going to do? I don't know, what is he wanting? You ask him what he wants. No, you ask him what he wants. So, I mean, it's not about what I want or what That's I get, cool. it's really That's just, because cool. I walk in the room one day and then Madison was doing something, and all of a sudden she was... 
and like, hi, daddy. <laughs> like, that's cute. That's good. So stuff. Th- that that's that good right stuff. there is all that, and and I, I can't wait for Carol and Art and everybody else like when they get older to experience all that. Because when you're younger, it's like yeah, you get something from mommy who buys something for them. But as they get older, right. they start doing something in school and bring it. When school is over, that's the second thing about Father's Day. They always do something big in school and make an art craft project in church or something for mothers. You're right, um, man. But school's Same. over for Father's Day, so. We get I've been living off the the, the daycare group for the last four can. years because you know, yeah daycare really daycare would would hook you up but once they get in regular school is that once they had a creativity man and they start doing stuff on their own that's when it really hits I still got stuff the kids created years ago and you probably don't even know I still got it I don't I'm not a sentimental they like that but the there's certain things that you're stuff. just gonna hold on to and you'll find yourself cherishing those things yeah I agree I agree I got a yeah, a couple, a couple buckets, a couple plastic buckets. And just got stuff that eventually it gets to be individual. So like when they're younger, it's like a like because I got the three, so it's like one thing from the three of them, and then eventually you get one from each kid, and they kind of put some thought into it. They figure out their own way to try and figure out what you want and how you want. Um, and then as they get older, they start to learn you, learn your likes and your dislikes. They learn your teams. They learn your favorite colors, your favorite meals. Um, so, it, yeah, I agree with BJ. As they get older, it gets fun. It's still crazy. Hey, so, but do they do they still give out or still make the so, macaroni uh, cards? So, they do. That I got one last year. They do. Oh, it's going oh, down. Okay. I got oh, one last year. i that first one. My name's so wrong. Tool. <laughs> that Listen. can be used for arts and crafts will be brought into your household and you gonna be like yeah but, but I, will, I will I will say one thing I had to make sure I taught them how to cook before they start making me breakfast because it, it, it yeah oh, cause sure. they all, they'll get to daddy I'm making you breakfast you be like no nah, I'm not eating that <laughs> I don't need no burnt mommy's supposed to be jumping in on that man mommy's supposed to be scrambled toast what why are you the, talking about so much salt why, why can I taste the salt <laughs> they crunchy hey, how, how do you hey, mess up on oatmeal Asher. <laughs> you can burn oatmeal man stop it <laughs> Go 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 back to finding out from old girl who she told and why we know that you got a kid on the way. Oh, that, that's the second we, time, we man. It still, must be we true. Still on that page, oh, man. He says the second okay. time it must be true. Wow, I ain't right? Gonna wish, I ain't gonna wish it on you in New Orleans, boy. Why well, know, right? Gonna, hey, hey put, be a cold trip to New Orleans. Hey, down. I guess hey, I guess you were a, I guess you were a hot boy while you were in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> hey, do it, baby, did shake it, it, baby, do it, baby, shake it. Do it, baby, shake it, baby, do it, baby, shake it. Hey, how it. we doing on time? Like, what? how long this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we got, 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 we Part of my story that I left out during my biocast and never really got into my biological father. You guys have heard me reference it several times over several podcasts, but um, my mother and my biological father separated uh, when I was very young. I was still a baby. So my actual uh, memories that I can recall of my time with my father um, are very few and far in between. As a matter of fact, um, I can probably count on my two hands 
the number of interactions we had uh, in my life before he passed away. And unfortunately, when we were trying to mend that and trying to establish a relationship, uh, that's right around the time where I got divorced and that kind of closed that window. And I never got a chance to revisit it because my biological father passed away uh, shortly thereafter. I'm a father now, but I can tell you that I was never actively trying to become a father. Uh, my wife and I had discussion about it back and forth. And uh, eventually it just so happened that I became a father uh, just a little less than a year ago. And I realized why that happened. And that was because there was a lesson for me to be learned and I needed a greater why than the things that were in my life currently. And because I now have Asher, my son, uh, I work a little bit harder to get to that next level, um, to get to that level that I wasn't able to prior to having Asher and my son being born. So the lesson here is, is that for those of you out there, there may be some things in your past that are holding you back that you haven't come to terms with or that you haven't been able to reconcile that are keeping you from getting to that next level that you deserve and your loved ones deserve. Challenge yourself to identify what those things are because you may not even know it. For a long time, I always said I never wanted kids. I'm good. No, I don't want kids. I, you can ask anybody and they would tell you that this is true. Uh, but in the end, I realized that it wasn't that I just didn't want kids or whatever. It was more so that I had fear of recreating what had happened to me for a child. And I didn't want to bring a child into this world that either their mother and I don't get along or for whatever reason, I'm not in their life the way that I should be or providing for them. I never wanted to keep that cycle going. There are those of you out there that are going through the same thing. And now that I've broken that fear and I faced it, I realize now that I was the one all along that had the ability to change the cycle, break the cycle and provide a great life for my son. And we, yeah, we got a long way to go. <laughs> I'm not like some of the guy, other guys that, you know, they have people graduating high school. I'm basically just starting out. But so far, you know, the way that his life is going uh, is not uh, parallel to mine. It, it's on a greater level. And that's something that I'm always going to challenge myself to maintain. But there are those of you out there that you're scared to do it or you have an opportunity to reconcile that past relationship. Go out there and do it. It could be your father. It could be your mother. It could be your wife. Um, you might be in a point where you can still reconcile that and not have that anchor your ability to move forward. Go out there and do it. Go be great uh, to use Jay Dace's term. And be a great father. Understand what that is. Don't just feel that because you spend money on your child and give them whatever they want, that that's the key. Those things will come and go. But the memories you create, the the wisdom that you can pass down, that's where the real gifts are. That's what being a father really is. And challenge yourself. Just it's, it, it's, it's not easy, but when you put your mind to it, um, you can do it. 
I have a, a person that works for me and on the computer, um, they have a little note to themselves that says there are only 18 summers make each one count. So that's basically saying that his kids are only going to be in his house for 18 years and to make every summer he has with them count, make every day count, go out there, be great dads. Happy Father's Day. It's my birthday. All right. When your birthday, bro? This airs. Oh, that's right. Beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old you turning, man? 47? Mm-hmm. Uh, June 5th. June fifteenth, really, uh, is the birthday. That's Nia's yes. birthday, so, bro. light beer. <laughs> middle no, of the month, middle of the year. That's my daughter's it's, birthday. It's a perfect day. It's a day you can't forget. It's the only middle Gemini of season. the middle. Legends were born in June. Clearly, clearly, there it is. That's what's up, man. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are done. Thirty. Hey, oh, by the hey, way, hey, thirty-seven. Hey, hey, oh, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Thirty-seven. I, I, I shot it out. I, I shot it out. My biological father that passed a long time ago. We shot out my dad right now. That's not even gonna hear this podcast. But just in case, you never know. So we'll shout, shout out, out my dad too. Shout out to Poppy. How about this though? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing at you. So my stepdad that I call, no, my stepdad was also Mr. born. Tim. Mr. Tim is also born on June fifteenth. How about Dang, so that? We got three. Wow, That's wow. crazy. Wow. And and my mom was born on June twelfth. And my LB was born on June thirteenth. It's only two of us. So talk about that. A lot going Legends on. We're born in June. It's a lot going on in June. <laughs> a lot going on in June. Yeah, Shout definitely. Out to my dad out there in Michigan. I don't know if he gonna listen. He might listen. He sometimes listens. he might listen. He's, but, he's, you know, he supports us. At least you know, at least he act like he, he supports he, us on Facebook. Yeah, man. Your dad. Uh, if you, if you told your dad to listen, you you know he would be like, "Oh, my son's got a podcast." I, first what? Off, Shout out to my. First off, first off, please don't get it twisted. I definitely tell my dad to listen. However, my dad is older. Technology is not his best friend. <laughs> oh, but Facebook is. Sign. Emoji, exactly emojis are the best friend. Anything that I post on Facebook, my dad supports avidly and, and will make sure he's commenting and will talk to me through that post. However, I'm not sure how technically advanced he is with actually being able to get to the listening portion. But either way, I love my dad all the same. Everybody who's met him, known that he's a, you know, a, a great dad. He's crazy as hell. But, you know, Zeus is the man. Easy. Shout out to Pops, man. Doing it big down in Tampa, Florida. I wish I was there. Love you, Pops. He's going to listen. I'm definitely telling Hey, If you're going to listen to one show, listen to this one. And you got to listen to all 59 minutes and 52, exactly. 53, 54 seconds to get this shout out, baby. Shout out to Pops. <laughs> It'll be less with the edits. <laughs> yes, uh, my Pops not here right now. He passed away in 2003, but I know everything we do with uncles have standing stood in the place since then um happy father's day everybody out there um it's always rough but hey you know that you take the lesson everything they instill it in you and you keep it going man so hey big shout out to pops i know you're watching down on us same for me dad's died when i was 11 had my tattoo on my right arm of him since i was 16 so with me every day boom and my father-in-law who passed away when destiny was six months so, love you too, Jeffrey Larkins. Boom. There it is. We got all the, all the pops, all the happy daddy day shout outs out the way. We good? Yes, sir. Hey, Fresh, drop that, uh, drop that just the two of us for Will Smith. 
for T.I. and T.I. Jr. T.I. Jr. Just the two of us. You gotta drop that Will Smith version. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I said. The Will Smith. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joint with Mini B in it. Yeah. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We getting out of here right now. We done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Just amazing. the two of us. Oh, now get a zing. Oh, it's just the seven of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Brett, did it root, Carol, <laughs> and P.I. I'm not Ooh. that baby's daddy. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna throw it out there. <laughs>